Hello, everyone. Welcome to the third episode of On the Prowl. I'm your host, Philip Pilkington, joined by the Ben Byram and hey, Casey Ranieri. Um, by the way, Ben, um, Casey and I were talking about this the other day. Are we always going to get Ben Byram on the show? Or are we going to get Ben Byram's alter ego that we sometimes get be after ECU football games? Be baby. We might have I, don't to, even, I don't even know what that is. I don't want to know what that is. We might need to save that for the season. I'm not. That's what I was talking about. After right the season, now. after some games, are we going to get your alter ego? During the yeah, during the season, I think so. I mean, this. Hey, I'm more passionate about this team than the Pirates, which is a little controversial, but. No, hey, my favorite. It is what it is. My favorite thing was when Ben sent me the group chat yesterday. He goes, you know, me. He goes, I love the dynamic. Me and Casey are always disagreeing, and they got Philip being the middleman. Philip goes, yeah, I'm sort of the keep Casey from jumping off, you know, fan suicide, and having to reel in Ben's expectations a lot of times. It's <laughs> exactly what it is. But uh, well, I guess today we do have Ben Byram, not B Baby, but Weeble meet him eventually hey season hasn't started yet we're gonna be civil we're gonna be civil a lot of unknowns so we're gonna have three topics today we are gonna have our three underrated or breakout players these are not allowed to be rookies we are gonna break down the offense that's part two of this series we broke down the defense last time and and the thing we will start with today is the jeremy chin being moved officially linebacker to safety this is something we hit on a little bit last week as a possibility something that kind of scared all of us when we were breaking down the defense but we will go in depth and with our reactions for that today so uh we won't start with casey's craziness we will let ben start today and then uh i'll I try and talk Casey. i need, off some, I need to go some second, ben's so. craziness right here i don't know what no we're gonna go with ben so <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's great news. Uh, you kind of saw him start out the season last year. I think the first three games he was playing, I think it was like 96% of his snaps at safety. And uh, you, you didn't really he didn't really break out yet. He didn't really stand out. And there was a reason for that because he wasn't that great at safety. In the box, he's really good. But in coverage or if you got him on an assignment on a tight end or something, he struggles big time. So I think that's a little bit of a cause for concern, and it just goes back to what we talked about yesterday or in the show that was uploaded yesterday. Uh, I lost my train of thought. lost my train of thought. But it goes – no, no, okay, It goes back to what we, we talked about yesterday. Uh, Hassan Reddick really kind of threw everything off. I mean, it's – it really makes me question why we signed that guy because presumably that would be Jeremy Chin's spot. And now it just kind of throws a whole cog in the uh, in the old wheel there. So I don't like it, but it's something. I guess it's it's out of necessity. You have to do it. Um, we'll see how it turns out. But uh, Jeremy Chin at safety, not a fan, not a fan. Outside linebacker, hey, we've seen it, unbelievable. But I don't know about safety. Guys, I mean, I mean, to me, like, I mean. I, I was I was kind of confused because, you know, the question is, is, is he going to play as the box safety or is he going to play the center field safety? You know, I don't think we got that establishment. You know, if he plays for the box safety, nothing's Hopefully really the box. Change. And nothing's going to change if he plays box safety. But if he plays center field and they want, a lot, and they want to run some more press man because I feel like they want to, so that's why you draft J.C. Horn, then this will be interesting because, you know, I don't, you know, he's 
you know, he's, he's a little bit bigger guy at safety, you know, how those hips going to turn, how is he, how quick he's going to be able to turn to get back, backpedal, and how's he going to do all that stuff, you know, this stuff, you know, really didn't do much of last year because he was more so in the box making plays around the box and also, like, he's our best playmaker outside of Brian Burns on defense. I don't know why you'd ruin him on a defense that's already struggled. You know, like I said, we had a, we had a third most missed tackles last year, you know, and I mean, Paramount Thanks, Boston, Trey Boston. Thanks to your right. Whitehead. Thanks, yeah. Shaq Thompson. <laughs> yeah, well, like, you know, you know, you get Jamie Chaney's one of my stronger tacklers. He was one of our better playmakers outside the box. I don't know why you take him out of a position that he was obviously comfortable in as sort of that rover. You know, if he still play, if he's still going to play rover, then fine in that sort of free bird position. But like, if he's going to play there in center field, I think you're wasting, you're wasting his talent. So I really want to know like what position he's going to play in the safety. So you can play the box or play the center field. Do you predict a uh, sophomore slump for Chin? Um, obviously, uh, if he plays center field, then I'll, I'll think it's a slump. I think it's a fall off a cliff. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah center field. I, I mean, I don't. I think that's the spot they kind of lose. If he plays box, I think he'll actually have better stats because he did that well last year without without any form of camp. Well, if you're still if you're a box safety, there's still times where you have to cover. So yeah. Oh, oh, you have to cover the linebacker and stuff. You yeah. Have to, which I mean, the covering, you know, you know, he came from southeast Louisiana, southeast Illinois, southern Illinois. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was the most talented player on the field, so he never really he could just give off athleticism and no technique. And yeah. last year, you know, like I said, he had no camp. So, and this year he has a full offseason camp to get better and to learn how to get better in coverage. So I think he'll get better in coverage. That's why I just but I just don't know why they move him to center field. So here's my thing. I think you hit the nail on the head, Casey, when you said you're wasting his talent because he's such a good rover. You know, we talk about how well he makes tackles uh, in the flats, especially on running backs or on, you know, short little dump-off routes where guys have already caught the football. And I originally agreed with you guys. I was thinking, yeah, if anything, put him in the box. That's where he's comfortable. That's where he makes his plays. However – the only perk I see to putting him as that center fielder is he really has covered poorly man, you know, in man or in, you know, some kind of zone where he's going to go out and take the flats or take the middle of the field. Um, Cause Casey read off his horrible coverage numbers the other day. And we know he has great play recognition. So maybe if we put him at center field, he's not, you know, right up manned on somebody. And if we run one of those where it's like cover one with man under and that's all he's playing is a ball hawking center fielder, you know, the guy has great play recognition. He's a phenomenally uh, high football IQ player. So maybe this free safety position will be good for him. I mean, yes, it'll stink that, like we said, he he's not going to make the plays he was making playing linebacker, and that really stinks. But maybe they viewed it as – we didn't have a, you know, a really good center fielder. Maybe they're high on Hassan Reddick, and this is where he can do the best for our team. And right now, I mean, the bottom line is I do not want him playing coverage inside. I do not want him lined up on a slot receiver, especially when we play teams like Tampa twice in the last three weeks. Don't get me started on the schedule. But um, maybe he'll do something at, you know, playing center field that we haven't seen in a while in this Carolina Panthers organization, really since Kurt Coleman and then, there was even a gap between Mike Minner and Kirk Coleman playing that center field position. So yeah. hopefully he can come out here and uh, maybe give us all a little bit of a surprise. I, I know see, safety, I though. Problem with safety, though, safety is the running back to the defense. It's the most replaceable position, you know. And when you take him outside the box, there's plenty of plays where he has no impact because 
it takes, you know, by the time he gets to center field, he gets from middle of the field deep in the box, you know, the play's already been dead and there's a chance, you know, say, you know, Denzel Perriman, Sean Reddick, those guys missed tackles that he would have made. You know, yeah, oh, I agree. We're yes, taking I, him farther I, away I totally from the box. Agree. You are taking away his playmaking ability by not having him in the box. But the only thing I'm saying is I agree with you guys. He shouldn't have been moved. I want him at linebacker, but I'm talking about free safety as opposed to strong safety. Yes, it stinks. Because I agree, it still stinks that he's not playing strong safety because he won't be able to make those plays. Like you said, he, there's going to be some plays he's totally irrelevant. However, when it comes to passing, maybe he'll be better at center field than he is playing man on Scotty Miller or whoever it's going to have to be. Well, I think he'll get better in general in coverage because in year two with, the, with proper camp and stuff. You know, I remember he, he only had a reduced training camp with no preseason last year. And like I said, we were talking the other day about how bad he was in coverage and all was, this stuff. He was bad. He was bad. <laughs> he was bad. We got, like I said, you got my points earlier. You know, there was no camp, there was no preseason games, and he was always the most talented player at at his high college. So it's not like you know, when you're more athletic than them, you you, can, you don't need technique. You're more, you're more athletic. But um, now he's having to get those techniques teached to him, and that's why these camps are so big for him. And I think that's where you could see his improvement. Obviously, I don't know if he is. I hope he does. I think he's talented enough and athletic enough to make the improvements in coverage. And, I mean, yeah, I don't ever want a linebacker on a slot receiver, especially like a quick little guy like Scotty Miller. But I think he's going to be – I think he's easily capable of guarding tight ends in this league. And there's two really good ones in this division with Gronk and Kyle Pitts. I mentioned O.J. Howard and Cameron Brady are very good as well. I, I get y'all's calls for concern when it comes to him playing at free safety, and I get y'all's point the for saying why he might excel at that position, but I do not think it's going to happen. I think they're going to put him at strong, which is fine, which would suit him better. Because I, mainly I think I think they like what they have with Justin Burris and Sam Franklin. I think they both kind of showed some bright spots during the season. Not, not the whole season, Casey. Settle down. Not the whole season. But I think there was times where they showed some bright spots and showed that it could be serviceable and capable of being a starting free safety in this league. I don't know why. I didn't even say anything, man. I don't know. Now, I don't know. You just had that look on your face. You had that look on your face. It's like, oh, no, here we go. So my big concern, though, if he does play strong safety is, you know, this is not the type of league nowadays where you can have eight guys in the box. Most teams run 11 personnel, which is one running back, one tight end. And yep. three receivers. So, if when you're in your base defense, a lot of times that strong safety kind of turns into a nickel corner. So that is my kind of worry. If he is at strong safety, why well, I would really prefer him at linebacker over anything, but yeah. maybe would a little bit prefer him at free over strong, just because I feel like I said that turns him more into a nickel corner than it does a uh, what you know we grew up watching the strong safety position back when everybody ran you know. A, one tight end, a running back, a fullback, and, you know, only had two wide receivers on the outside, and then you could have your free safety helping out the receivers over top. Well, hey, I'll say this, Philip. We talked about this in the previous episode. We were trying to figure out the nickel corner position, and we don't know what's going on in that position. So no, maybe we they definitely might throw it out know. there. And it's, I don't think it's a great thing if they do do it, but, uh, hey, that might be the, the direction they're heading in. I'd say it's set in stone, but we looked at it. There's not much of there's not really any kind of certainty there when it comes to that position. So maybe that's something they're going to give a shot, which would suck. That would be terrible. But uh, who knows? Yeah, with this the depth chart looks like you're right. Yeah, I do, I do want to bring something up though. You talk about how the personnel is more eleven. It's going to switch. I think in a few years it's going to switch back to twelve personnel because as much as everyone gives the lead crap, the Big Twelve is the innovator of offense. You know, 
and they're going back to 12 personnel with two tight end bases. You know, everyone's going crazy. And, and this is college football, obviously, with the Big 12. But, you know, and it started in college and everyone goes, well, they were, cause they were the ones doing the air raid that you see the RPOs and stuff. And they're going back to 12 personnel. So I think in a few years, you're going to start seeing more 12 personnel get bigger. Oh, I agree. We'll definitely see more. Play. I don't think we'll see the 21 that we grew up with, though, where you have oh. a true fullback in there, you know. On the Mike Tolbert days, Kyle Juicy Goose Check, those guys are a dying breed, and it's sad. Yeah. Well, yeah, we were saying that five years ago, though. We already knew that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's why Tolbert was going to the Pro Bowl every year when he was, let's face it, not very good for years after that Super Bowl season. Come on now. I, mean, I, mean, I, I like what he did in the flats when he would – uh. He was so hard to tackle. I love when he throw little dump offs to him. Then he got killed and fumbled the ball, and then it was never the same. When yep. he got absolutely <laughs> annihilated. I'm he not going to get into Tolbert. This could be yeah. safe for a future episode. But, but now um, we should and move history. into our three players, our three breakout players. So these are guys we either think are going to break out or are underrated, and we are not choosing rookies. So nobody that, uh, oh, man, I think he's going to have a breakout season win. He was drafted, you know, no Tommy round or something. That's a cop out. Yeah, if you, I mean, if you're a rookie, I mean, you, if you a don't rookie has out. a great season when that, yeah, I mean, you're a rookie. I mean, there's no such thing as a breakout season. Yeah, you literally came in with barely any expectation because you're a rookie. Yeah, or you came in, or you were drafted really high and came in with great expectations, and you just do what you're supposed to do, like Josh exactly. Young did last year. Yeah, rookies are cop outs, like Casey said. Yeah, yeah. So who wants to go first? I'll go. All right, we'll let Casey go first this time. All right. So I gotta be honest. I went sort of different. I the first guy was probably a guy all favorites, but would be Yitor Grosmatos. Okay. I think, I think you know. Obviously, I think this is going to be a big year for him. You know, second round, high second round pick last year. You know, injury, but now he has camp. He's in camp. He's playing well. Hopefully, he can play well. I think he's going to be the guy who talks about him in defense. Another guy was a guy I forgot about, and I was actually high on him in the draft. He hopped out last year, and that was. Alabama linebacker. Uh, you got to look Christian, it up. Christian Miller. I forgot his name for a second. Is he still on the team? Yeah, he, he opted out last year. And he yeah, I remember that. And they asked Matt Rule about him. And they, he goes, I consider him a brand-new player for us, you know. And I really like his multiple package. I think he can play that 4-3 strong side backer. You know, he's got great size. He's not the best athlete, but, you know, he's great size on rundowns, which, you know, I said we need help on rundowns with Hassan Reddick out there. And I think Christian Miller can provide that. And then the final guy I went for is not a breakout player. I think it's more of a breakout onto the elite national stage. That's DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore this year will be the year he breaks out into a bona fide top 10 receiver in the media into everyone's eyes because he is – he puts up top 10 receiver stats. He was – over the past two years, he's one of six receivers to have over 2,300 receiving yards in both years. And I think DJ Moore will be the breakout star of this year and I think you will see him be a top five top ten receiver by the end of the year those are my three all right Ben your three uh number three I'm going to go the same with Casey Uter Gross Matos mainly because a lot of times last year uh either he wouldn't show up or there would be other games where he looked really great or there'll be games where he was healthy and wouldn't play at all so maybe now that he's got some like what Casey keeps bringing up now that he's got a training camp under his belt got some practices under his belt he's got a season under his belt maybe he'll get more snaps more he'll get more of a chance to show what he can do and presumably they're setting him up to be brian burns running mate and uh 
you would love to see him kind of take that next step. And he's a guy I'll have close eyes on during this season. Uh, number two, number two, not number two, number two. Number two. Uh, <laughs> number two is Denzel Perryman. And oh, I know, yeah, I know, Casey, I know. Oh, um, I picked oh, Denzel Perryman because, like I we said. I a little bit in my mouth right there. Ah, uh, come on now. Low, it's a low-risk signing. We didn't sign him to much. I think, what was it, like $3 million? Maybe a little bit more than that. $3 million too much. Obviously, he's going to be a huge step up from Tahir Whitehead. He's a great run stopper. Um, even when looking back when he's playing kind of in the zone coverage and he's kind of dropping back and playing a little bit of pass coverage, he's not terrible. He's not bad. I mean, he's like I said, he's a step up from Tierra Whitehead. I think he's better than Shaq Thompson at it. I'll go that far. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it will be nice to see just have a solid middle linebacker for once since, what, Luke Keekley. It will be nice to have that. I think – if we can get a solid linebacker back there, that, that would improve the defense significantly. I think a lot of our problems with the defense last year uh, particularly lied in that whole linebacker core, just not being reliable, not being really good in coverage, not being really good at stopping the run. And I think Denzel Perriman will be a huge step up, and he's a guy I'll have my eyes on. And then number one, Dan oh, Arnold. Ar- ben, real quick. That, to your right head really messed up your ideas on what a good linebacker is, didn't he? Why is that? You're, you're, scar, you're still scarred from Tahir Whitehead if you think Denzel Perryman's a solid linebacker. <laughs> Denzel, per, Denzel Perryman is a solid linebacker. I mean, he's an upgrade on Tahir Whitehead, but that's more of an insult to Tahir Whitehead than it's Denzel Perryman. Well, yeah, Tahir Whitehead sucks. I don't think that's, <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's a think, controversial statement there. I, don't, I mean, yeah, I, I just think Tahir Whitehead scarred your opinion on what a linebacker is. Well, think about it. How much did Tahir Whitehead, like – just the, the the signing of Tahir Whitehead alone and starting him in the lineup. Think about how bad that made that defense. Just him alone. How oh, he's like, terrible. Ben, you're 100 right. You were saying like it started with the linebacker core. You got to remember, a middle linebacker is the quarterback of the defense. He calls exactly. all the plays. And our best teams historically have always had good linebackers. I mean, look at back in the day when we were kids with James Anderson, John Beeson, and Thomas Davis. How good it was. And then obviously Keekley came in. And we were really young. We had Dan Morgan. He had the same issues as Keekley with all these damn concussions. But, yeah. man, Before the that, Panthers had... are known for having good linebackers. We need yep. good linebackers. So, I'm definitely on board with you. And I'm just, I'm just saying we still don't have good linebackers to hear Whitehead. I'm not disagreeing. I think he's a good linebacker. I'm not saying he's great. I'm not saying he's elite. Uh, your it's best just ability matter. is your availability. And Denzel Perriman is not available. He'll give hey, you we had a good linebacker, too, yesterday when we moved him to safety. Yeah. So, I mean – but sorry, go on a little side rant. I just had to. I just had to poke. No, no, that's right. I knew you were going to chime in. I know you're not the biggest Denzel Perryman fan. I think he's fine. He's fine. He'll do great. Well, not great. He'll do solid. He'll be. He'll be a huge step up. Is what I'm saying. If the here Whitehead was a one out of ten, Denzel Perryman would be at least a four out of ten. I think if he could stay on the field, you'll see that defense take a huge step up. Big old if. Yeah. Well, th- that's fair. That's fair. And uh, number one, Dan Arnold. I think that's the guy we kind of forgot is on the team. Uh, the way it's looking, I think he's going to be the number one tight end in this offense. Um, people uh, people didn't really have their eyes on Dan Arnold last year. It was with the Cardinals. And I know his stats don't really pop out at you, but he's usually a guy that will get you a big play a game. And at this point, it's kind of with the linebacker position. That's all you need right now, especially with all the receivers we have on this team. That's all tight you need position. in a tight end position. It's just a guy that can get you a huge play a game. Because we didn't have that of Ian Thomas. And I know Ian Thomas is a guy 
Matt Rule has been – he's spoken very highly of in a training camp and in the press conferences. And usually when Matt Rule speaks highly of a guy, they're going to play. But I, I think you can't ignore Dan Arnold and the impact he made on the Arizona Cardinals. Like I said, big play a game. And he was doing that with the Cardinals. I think he did it against us, if I remember correctly. Didn't win that game, but he did make a big play. He did show up, did show out. And uh, I expect nothing less here with the Panthers. He's a guy I'm going to be keeping my eye on. I'm excited for that Darnold-Arnold connection. And uh, I don't know. It's just something to look forward to. Finally getting another tight end in there that could make a big play, could make an impact. I, I've got some comments on that, but since we're going over the offense today, we'll get to that when we go to tight end. So, it's Tommy Trimble's addition by yeah, week three. You said Tommy what? Trimble, nope. he's not playing. It'll be Casey, Tommy he's not playing, dude. Week three. He's going to be Chris Ham. Hey. He's going to be Chris Manhurts 2.0. Wait hey guys, yeah, we have uh, we've got tight ends later. Could jump nah, ahead. Is an argument <laughs> I want you to have. Yeah, all right. I just don't it. want you to have it right now. So the my three. Thanks for leaving me out here and trying to jump the gun. Also, you left out all of our offensive linemen. They're coming for the tight ends. They're gonna hate you guys as much as I do. Um, so my three. Yeah, first and foremost is first and foremost definitely is is Yitor, uh Gross Matos. Um, there were many times last year he kind of looked lost on the field, like Casey's been saying and been emphasized, no camp, you can definitely tell. But when he looked comfortable, I loved what I saw. Like Ben said, there's a lot of inconsistency. Some games he didn't show up, some games he did. But, man, when he showed up and he looked like he was comfortable in what he was doing, I loved him. I, I kind of maybe gave him a little even too much credit last year, so I think he's going to be a big – a big asset to us and the running mate for Brian Burns, hopefully for years to come. My second guy is a guy we picked up in free agency, a guy who has battled some injuries. David I think Moore. Him not starting at the beginning of the year right off the bat, he's going to do well, and that's Cam Irving. He did a good job. Whoa. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Go he ahead, did a, a Go good ahead, job Phillip. filling in when uh, Eric Fisher got hurt there in um, Kansas <laughs> you City. You want to talk about the Super Bowl? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Super Bowl good Go ahead, Phillip. Be quiet, Casey. Let him finish. He went to, he went to Dallas last year, and uh, he was in an actually a uh, very um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Experienced offensive line room. He learns from some tackles they have there that are very good. Um, I think he that was a player last year. I think Let he was finish, playing Casey. better until he got hurt against Washington. Now, look, and I think he is in here to be – it's not going to be a long-term starter, but I think for the next two to three years, because I really do not think Greg Little is it. I know we're getting the offensive line later, but I think he, by about week five, might be the starting left tackle of the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> really, I just, I've just i never been a huge Greg Little fan. And uh, We're at. You said what, Casey? <laughs> we're screwed. Dude, when he's Plus. healthy, he has not played bad. I understand. He's oh, he was terrible with Cleveland. He was well, brutal. Okay, yeah. let's give it a Cleveland, when he went to Cleveland, they still don't even – they literally had Joe Thomas and a bunch of guys that – Dallas got two quarterbacks hurt last year. All right, guys, I'll play the middleman since Phillip's out on this one. All right, when Cam Irvin was with the Browns, his biggest moment is when he caused a fight during their, like, 0-16 season. <laughs> And, yes, uh, I liked what he did at Kansas City when he came. Other he got Super Bowl. two quarterbacks hurt at Dallas. And to Phillips' point, to wait earlier was to Casey's point. To Phillips' point, I think he's probably going to be starter at left tackle week one. So I mean, Sam Dahl's going to be seeing ghost again. No, it's 
hey, he didn't get Dak hurt. Uh, he wasn't even in till that. He had that's when he had his MCL sprain. Yeah, I know. Cam Irvin's kind of like uh, he's he can be serviceable at times, and then he could be a liability. He's very inconsistent. But I he's see a where you're going. Six offensive lineman. At best, he's a six offensive lineman. All right, lineman. Casey. I see where you're coming from, Philip. We get it, Casey. We'll get there later. Yeah, no, I get it, and I understand. But I'm saying, like, with how bad our O line is, I'm not saying he's going to break out, but he's going to be he's going to be more than what people think. I okay, think. all right, Philip. I'll all ask right, you this question. But, okay, all right. Go, oh, ahead. go ahead, go ahead, Ben. No, I, I, I'll ask you this question. Do you think he's going to be a step up from Russell Okung when Russell yes. Okung was playing? You think so? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's huge. That's huge. We'll see it. We'll see. I, I, I would love to see it. I would love to see it. I hope Phillip's right here. And then my third one, I couldn't uh, couldn't come up with a guy I really feel that great about. I do like Dan Arnold. I've always been a huge Dan Arnold fan, but I think they're uh, – I've always been skeptical when we get new guys, whether it be receivers or tight ends, some other teams, we never seem to use them right. So that's why I'm not choosing Dan Arnold here. That's so right. my third one is not a guy necessarily I think is going to step up. I'm more going to call a guy out. For my third one, uh-uh. and after yesterday's news with Jeremy Chin moving, I'm calling out Hassan Reddick to be the third guy that steps up in this defense. Like I know Casey brought up Christian Miller. I don't know much about him. The other strong side linebacker we have is Jermaine Carter Jr., which I think he's a great special teams guy. He's not going to probably start, but I'm going to call out Hassan Reddick. He needs to step it up and be that guy. He needs to be our my third guy to uh, come out and break out for this team. Because like Ben said, if we want to be good, we need our linebackers to be good. So Hassan Reddick, you've been in the league for a while. You've learned. And uh, this is your year to step up and be that guy and uh, and put this defense at a whole new level. Hey, I like it. I like it. I would love to see it. He had a great season last season. Let's see if he can keep up the momentum. Alrighty, and before we move, and now moving on to the second part of our two-part series of breaking down our depth chart, which did the defense last week, and uh, now we're going to move on to the offense, starting with the O-line, we'll work our way outside from there to the tight ends, the receivers, and then into the backfield, finishing it off with our quarterback room, which I'm sure Casey will have a lot to say about. So, starting with the offensive line, um, I don't know who you guys want to start with, whether we start in the middle. I guess um, since we're working our way out to tight end and then receiver, we're going to start in the middle. So we're going to start with Matt Paradis. Um, guy's been here a couple of years via the Denver Broncos. So actually, you know, I haven't gone first yet, so I'm going to go first. Finally. Yeah, go ahead, Philip. <laughs> um, so when Paradis first came over, um, was it two years ago, three years ago? We can all two agree years. it was – yeah, it wasn't pretty. It was a horrible first year, especially – for Panther fans, we're used to having such a good center in Ryan Khalil, who we adored for so many years, and it was tough to watch Paris in there. However, I do think he grew last season. Um, he played better. It still wasn't good, but it was it was better. And I think, you know, I know we keep bringing this up, but it's just the truth. It's uh, no no camp, no preseason, and when it's a new guy, that's what it happens. And I know it sounds bad that we keep saying that, but when you're a Panthers fan and fan of a few other teams where a lot of things were new last year, new head coach, and all those kinds of things. It was tough. So I, I really think he's grown into the Carolina Panthers offense a little more, and I'm excited to see what he can do moving forward. It's well, like no, year with that no, training, no training camp, no preseason is especially huge for the big guys, especially on the offensive line because you got to talk 
They got to get their conditioning right. They got to get their blocking schemes right. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it when it comes to the bigger guys. So, I mean, let's not under like we've been saying before. Let's not underestimate the fact that they didn't have a training camp and that they didn't have a preseason because that's huge for them. They did have a training camp. They didn't have any other camp. But the training camp. Oh, was, yeah. The training that's camp right. Was, yeah. Training camp was limited. We'll, yeah, limited we'll camp. throw that out there. That's all they had though last year. Yeah, I mean the key thing he's got to remember he was coming off the he was coming off the injury for the Broncos because he was the All Pro and then he got hurt because that's why the fans were the game so cheap. So his first year, you know, he was coming off an injury season, and then last year I thought he was fine. You know, yeah, probably the offensive line was terrible, but I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you know, he had a new quarterback, so with limited camp and no real preseason experience, and now at least with Sam Donald, he has a full camp with him. He's going to be able to develop some chemistry with him that he really didn't have time to develop with Teddy Bridgewater. And I mean, he has one year left. I don't think he, I wouldn't. I personally wouldn't resign him to anything more than a one or one or two year deal with not much money. It's going to have to play. But I mean, the offensive line. There's not. There's there's one real bright spot, and then a lot of question marks. If we're yeah, being I mean, honest about the whole thing, there's Taylor Moten, who's we'll get into stud, but the rest of it's just hopefuls, all right, and maybe that's what the whole offensive line is for the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, Paradis was a guy any of us could easily put on our breakout list. Problem is that you don't really – when you're watching a football game, you're not particularly paying attention to the to the guys in the trenches, especially inside. Not to say that you don't catch them every once in a while, but you're not watching those guys every play. So it's not like I'm going to be keeping a close eye on Matt Paradis or anything. A lot of times the camera can't even catch them. But, uh, yeah, well, I mean, to the, like kind of Phillips said earlier, he came first year – didn't play great when Cam Newton was still here. Second year, I thought he was all right. I mean, he wasn't a liability. He was just fine. I think we kind of found ourselves in a weird spot last year. For once, the outside wasn't necessarily the problem. I know left tackle had his issues, but I don't think left tackle was like the, the, the deal breaker there, the end-all, be-all. Like left tackle, we had some guys that filled in and played just fine. Guard was more so the problem this past year, which is – if you're going to have a problem on your offensive line, it's not the worst worst issue to have. It's just a matter of figuring that position out, getting some guys. And, well, that's uh, how CMC not, got hurt. Guards. Yeah, and I guess we can kind of move on to the guard position. But the thing about Paradis, real quick before we move on, yeah, is yeah. Um, you, you, we can't – you know, the center's the one calling out the calling out the movements, the shift on the line, on the D-line yeah. and linebackers, and you can't hear that over TV. You don't know. And yeah. I would assume, you know, Vetnoy Paradis is doing just fine with that. So Yeah, that is a big thing. They have complimented him on that. And that was the problem that Tyler Larson did not work out. I actually thought he blocked well. Yeah, he, he was, was fine. Fun. When he was hurt, they just said he just didn't have the vision to play center and to call stuff out. But I, I agree with Casey. He, is, he does do a very good job of that from what we hear. Obviously, you can't see it on TV. Or yeah, in the game. And I'm not – I mean, obviously, we're not speaking from experience. None of us look like offensive linemen at the very least. But – uh. When it comes to the center position, I, I mean, I can only assume that when you have a lot of moving pieces, especially on the offensive line like we did last year, I mean, it doesn't make it any better. It doesn't make it any easier. year before, no. there was a lot of moving pieces too. I mean, there's not a lot of consistency when it comes to your starting lineup in that offensive line. It hasn't been that way for a couple of years now. Uh, yes. No, I, I totally agree. So I'm willing to give the man a break, and he's played fine. I mean, yeah. he's definitely uh, – you don't need to be calling out on Sundays or Mondays after the game. I mean, oh, no, there, if, if we if we mess up, I think there's going to be a lot more than uh, Matt Paradis. Yeah, I, I don't think he's the issue. No, I agree. All right, so as Ben mentioned, we'll 
make our way outside a little bit more to the to the guards. And as Casey brought up, this probably was our biggest problem last year. Ben did, not me. Or Ben did. Yeah. And he got CMC hurt. But uh, I mean, I Dennis Daly. <sighs> yeah. So, we bring in Pat F. Line, but I know he's played with Sam Darnold. I don't think he did anything in New York. So, Gardner's. Uh, one thing I want to say is the, I don't know if y'all watched the Panthers confidential video about the draft. Um, there's yeah, a no. lot of things. No, there's a lot of things I want to talk about on that video because uh, if we have time at the end of the podcast, there's some things. I Here comes KC with the PR Twitter stuff. No, no, no. This this was to me. This was this this, this was bad. Okay. All um, right. Bring it up. But, uh, uh, there's a lot of stuff I want to go through, but in the video they had Brady Christensen rated as a second round guard and a third round tackle. So Ben's whole left tackle spew, I don't think it's going to be true. I think his future is a guard, like I said in the first. Well, episode. think about it this way, Casey. You're going to start out Cam Irvin, and I get he's a guy that Phil. A third round left tackle does not sound pretty for any quarterback. That Just sounds like. Hear me out, Casey. Dying. Hear me out. You're going to start out Cam Irving. We know Cam what Cam Irving is. He's good for a couple games. Well, no, he's not even good for a couple games. He'll be he's solid fucked. and he'll be terrible. Then you're like, all right, well, we're going to need to go to another option there. Then they're going to throw Greg Little in, and we know what Greg Little is. He stinks. He's absolutely terrible. It's like, all right, we got to find another option here. We got to figure this out. Trent Scott is Trent Scott even even still on the team? He Dennis is. Daly? Yeah, I, Trent Scott. Trent Scott just doesn't have the speed to play tackle. Yeah. I think I think Trent Scott is a great when we bring him in as a sixth offensive lineman, he always seems to do well. I yeah. love when he comes in as a third tight end. However, when he's one of the main five guys, it's horrible. Yeah. That's the problem with I'm okay line. keeping Trent Scott on the team and paying him five hundred K year yeah. after year to be that sixth I offensive feel, lineman. I feel, like half our, That's about I feel like half our offensive line is sixth offensive lineman. Cam Irving's been a career sixth offensive lineman. Scott's a sixth offensive lineman. I feel like Dennis Daly's a sixth offensive lineman. Greg Little's a sixth offensive lineman. We have way too many sixth offensive linemen. Some of those guys have to start. And at the end of the day, no matter who you have playing at quarterback, you have Tom Brady. You have Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson. Can't call up Cam Newton, who's 6'5", 250. The offensive line's terrible. It's, Brady couldn't do anything in this offensive line. It don't matter, and let alone Sam Darnold's not going to be able to do jack squat with how bad this offensive line is. All right, well, yeah, maybe Mike Vick's but Let me finish my point. But it caught up with Cam, and Cam was a better player than Mike Vick, and he had literally Jordan Gross and Ryan Khalil. That's all he had the offensive line. The offensive line's been a problem for my whole lifetime, and they have not addressed it properly ever. In not the your whole lifetime. Don't back on that 03 offensive line. Yeah. I was five years and, old. I don't remember that. Okay, okay but like, they say. haven't addressed the offensive line ever, and they still have it. They've neglected the second worst behind the Seattle Seahawks in the last 10 years. And at the end of the day, like I said, no matter who's playing quarterback, the offensive line is terrible. It's top, bottom five in the league, and it's not getting better because you don't have left tackle figured out, and you don't. And center is an aging guy that's a two most position, two most important position. So back to my point about Brady Christensen, why I believe he's going to eventually start left tackle. Went on a tangent there. But uh, it's, it, look what you got there. You got Cam Irving, which we mentioned. You got, what, Greg Little? We know what he is. He stinks. Uh, I don't think they're going to give Trent Scott or Dennis Daly another shot at left tackle. God help us if they do. I mean, eventually you're going to get to a point where you're going to have to try new things and give a guy a shot. And uh, Brady Christensen, he has experience there, at least on the college level. Why not give him a shot? Why not give him a few reps and see what he's got? And look, if he never does play left tackle, hey, guard, it's probably one of the biggest positions of need next to left tackle on our offense. I'm perfectly fine with figuring out that guard position and having Brady Christensen there. Like you said, if we can get an all-pro guard, 
at that third round pick, we'll take that any day of the week. That would be awesome. That'd be great. So when we broke down the draft, that was one of the things we talked about. Yeah. I'm with you. I'd start him at guard today. Yeah. Why do we need to start Pat F line or F one or whatever the heck his name is, or Dennis Daly over Brady Christensen? I would start him over over probably F line. Now, the things, I don't, the things I don't get is like everyone's like, I get Ben's point trying to tackle. You can ruin a guy's confidence by starting the left tackle and he fails. You know, when you know he's going to be a good guard, don't ruin him by trying to swing him over to tackle and ruin his confidence by getting absolutely destroyed by Shaq Barrett. Yeah, I put him you, right between Taylor Moten and uh, and Max Paradis on that right side, right guard. Put him next yeah. to Taylor Moten. Like Casey said, that's our one offensive lineman that we actually feel – consistently good about put him between those guys that'll build his confidence right there and think about this philip that's the guy we feel good about and we only tagged him we couldn't get him a deal i hadn't so even had anything about them negotiating an extension with taylor mountain either i haven't heard anything about extension i haven't either yeah that's definitely a cause for concern right there like what are they doing what are they doing you have, you have one good offensive lineman and you are letting him you're going to let him walk and this whole offensive line is going to be a disaster yeah, and I mean, it's looking like he can be like a generational right tackle. I mean, especially early on in his career, he looks great. I mean, I, in the last two years, he could have got a franchise left tackle, and they still yeah. haven't addressed it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was if there was any draft to do it, this would have been the draft. And I still blows my mind that they chose not to, to wait another year to figure out thing, that position. Thing is, Rayshon Slater wasn't even on their board. They ran a mock draft, and they had they had like five guys. And they I'll have like the first seven picks. I'll tell you what. We'll talk about the – what is it, confidential? Yeah. We'll talk about the confidential stuff right after the uh, breakdown here. Okay. Just to kind of keep it a little bit on a it'll linear get, pace. I think it'll get some people's fans because I think they edited it out a lot. Yep. So, did everybody talk about the guard position? I, I mean, I'm lost right now. We've been so, all over. I, well, so, we kind of jumped right to tackle, but I think we so wait, agree. So guard, guards quick. are horrible. Yeah. Christensen should probably play guard for now, and we kind of address the tackles. So week yeah, one, too. week one guard. Who's your week one guard starting? Who do you think is going to start week one guard, and who do you think by the end of the year will be starting at guard? Dude, so many people get hurt. I don't even know who's going to – I could say not bar, Not Barling. Bar- oh, probably these good. guys at the end of the depth chart, Mike Horton and David Moore, because everybody else will be hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what – it's kind of been a little bit of an issue – when you've been paying attention to training camp and the recent press conferences, is that I don't even think they know what they're going to do at guard. Because you've heard a lot about the undrafted free agent David Moore and how he might get a shot. Uh, obviously, for some reason, uh, that About Miller guy, Miller is a guy they're comfortable with. Um, Pat Elflon's there. You got what Christensen can possibly be an option. There's just too many moving Dante pieces. Brown. And yeah, 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 obviously, yeah, I definitely would say that. And I've you know, I, I, I kind of feel – I look stupid that I even said that maybe that's the guy that could start week one because now they're talking there's conditioning issues and there's a lot of cause and concern around it. Yeah, which – yeah, should have been – talking about Dante Brown, there's conditioning yeah, issues? Yeah, Deontay Brown, yeah, which should have been kind of – That might have been the easiest bet yeah, when you're yeah, watching Deontay yeah. Brown conditioning I know, I know, I know. Come on, give me a break here. But – uh yeah, I mean, there's just too many moving pieces, too many parts there. And I know Phillips said before, you can't have too many offensive linemen, but it'll be a nice to know who's starting week one or at least who could be our guy moving forward. And I don't think any of these guys are a guy except maybe Christensen, and he hasn't seen the field yet. So, And the problem is I think you're going to see a lot of um, – you're going to see a lot of rotation, which doesn't help anybody, even yeah. the established guys in Moton Paradise, because 
when the, especially Paradise at center when he has two new guards playing with him every week. You know, well, I we had a lot of rotation out of necessity last year, and we saw how that worked out. Not good. Yeah, yeah it was terrible. Teddy but to answer your question, Casey, I do think F-line will definitely start week one. Oh, yeah. And probably Dennis Daly, but maybe Brady Christensen. And then by the end of the year, all health aside, I and think you Christensen will be starting yeah, Christensen will probably end up getting moved to tackle after he plays well at guard. So it will probably end up being some – probably end up being back to Dennis Daly and then either Pat Fline or David Moore on the right side. But like I said, I think Christensen will play guard for a while. They'll see him do well and they'll end up moving him to tackle. Who knows how that will turn out. But um, I don't see him being a starter at guard at the end of the year, but I definitely see him uh, near the beginning of the year. They might be Dennis Daly week one, but Christensen will – Will play pretty early. Yeah. Not pretty. Right. I think that's him today. And the left tackle, ugly. Taylor yeah. Moten. Yeah. Taylor Moten, please find him to an extension. He's our one good he's our one good well, offensive line. You look at the left tackle position, you got Cam Irving after that. You got what Trent Scott and Dennis Daly. I mean you have nothing else outside Greg of Little. That. Greg Little tried to start Well yeah, that's tackle. right. Greg Little. I I, yeah. I even mentioned so Greg Little's right now listed as a starter than Cam Irving. Like I said, I hope – I really hope it's Cam Irving, man. I hope he's the one who I think it is. I think plays left point. tackle, who stays healthy and plays to the to the level that he has played sporadically throughout his career. If he can do it consistently, uh, is it – you know, like I said, is he the left tackle future of the Carolina Panthers? Probably not, but can he hang in there for three to four years and be good enough? I think so. If he stays healthy and, like I said, hopefully that means Brady Christensen at guard and obviously leaving Taylor Moten. And like I said, I, I – I like Trent Scott as that 6-0 lineman, um, but that's that's about it for him when hey, he gets in the game. Getting an okay left tackle in free agency, I consider that a win. If we can yeah. if we can get that, hey, I'll take that any day of the week. Especially especially since the, the especially the guys we've had since Jordan Gross. I mean, we'll take it. Yeah. So guess you want to I mean, lead I'm us to po- uh, I'm at the point I wouldn't have hated uh trading eighth overall pick for Orlando Brown. I think that's a franchise left tackle. I would well, tra- I would well, Chiefs already off. jumped on that. So moving on, Casey. Yeah. <laughs> Throw that out the window. It's gone. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So moving to tight ends, you know. Let's talk about let's talk about the tight end room. Because my, I, have, I have one big note on the tight end room. Do we are we actually going to use them? So like are we actually going to use them? Or were they just going to be there to be out there? And then, you know, my See, boy I don't think we will. That's why I didn't disagree with Ben on the Dan Arnold thing, but I didn't feel comfortable as much as I agree with Ben, man. I think he makes plays when he has to. I've always kind of liked Dan Arnold. Um, but that was always the reason. That's the reason Tell I didn't put Dan in Arnold. This. Why do y'all like Dan Arnold? I because when I watched him with the Cardinals, I was like, he he was just I was like, when you have Christian Kirk and all those DeAndre Hopkins, all the receivers, there was no attention paid in. He was just catching balls and he was just catching balls in the flat and on drag. That's all I call it. I was like, this dude's not – this dude just well, – like, like Ben said, man, he made big plays when he needed to. Yeah. And he did he make big plays when he had 10 yards of space. for him to Let have to finish. focus on him. That's all, we, that's all you sometimes need. If you can't get a big-time tight end, which I know in this day and time you need a big-time tight end, he did enough to make people focus on him. And, dude, our tight end since Greg Olson left, really since – well, since Greg Olson was healthy – we have not had a tight end where they've even considered guarding him. Yeah. And well, look, they don't guard him because we don't use them. Here's why. Here's why I like Dan Arnold. Like, it's easy to like somebody when they make big plays whenever 
the defense is giving them five yards of space to catch Casey, the pass. you're only helping our point. Our point is that we don't use a lot, utilize the tight end a lot. Say we use utilize him once and I'm a game. About why y'all like we know he's good for one big play a game. He usually only gets two or three receptions a game, anyways. We didn't pay him a lot of money. If you go to your tight end, we know he's the guy that can get you a big play. That's it. That's why we like Dan Arnold. He's he, look, he's perfect for our role in our offense. He's perfect for how we use tight ends in our offense. He's not he's not demanding a lot. He's not getting paid a lot. He's perfect when it comes to when Does it comes he to that role. Run block. I don't know. I don't want, I don't pay attention to the Arizona Cardinals and their tight ends run block. To be quite honest with you, I mean yeah. I don't know. I mean Kyler Murray's gonna run around in circles till somebody got open. Let's I mean Kyler Murray's gonna, gonna run around in circles anyway. So I mean who I mean, knows? He's an upgrade on Ian Thomas, but that's more of just that's like that's that's like saying a shrimp's an upgrade on a freaking on the piece of sand we're eating for dinner. It's not really an upgrade. It's just look, bare. Look, Ian I, I get it. Really I know where this is coming roster. from, Casey. It's your boy Tommy Trimble. I don't know uh, what you're saying that guy. Tough. Look, he's man hurts. We had that guy with hey, man hurts. So in the confidential Matt Rule and the, and the whole staff, Tommy Trimble was the one of the one guys they really wanted. Tommy Trimble. Yeah, okay. Is, this will be yeah. by week six. This will be Tommy Trimble's room. Trust me, Tommy Trimble will be the starting tight end by week six. Yeah, he'll come in like maybe three, four plays a game. That's hey, and what I think call his room. Hey, it's only his room. That and is. Then Colin his. Thompson will make the practice squad. You're gonna make. Yeah, you're gonna make me hate this guy now. You're really making me hate Tommy Trimble for the guys that you've seen in the field. Hey, don't worry. I mean, I already hate It's going to be like those obnoxious fans that make you hate a certain team, even though yeah. they're not in your division, nor do you have any reason to hate that team. Like yeah. how Casey hates the Braves just because he doesn't like their fans. That is going to be <laughs> Ben hating Tommy Trimble just because Casey makes Ben hate Tommy Trimble. Yeah. it's. I mean, look, people did it. They, they pushed me to the edge with Shaq Thompson. And Casey, you're getting there with Tommy Trimble. Tommy Trimble is a very is going to be a very good starter in this league. He'll be a top ten. Top no, 10. he's not going to start. He'll he never will be start. A amazing tight end. In he's this Chris Manhurts. Philip, Philip, maybe you could chime in. Chime in. Do you see anything else? Like, do you do you see? Look, this guy's got Chris Manhurts written all over him. Do you see anything above Chris Manhurts with this guy, especially no, with his pass catching numbers? I mean, no, I, I do not, man. The guy the, we talked about he on played draft. played with Mitt and Mitchell Meyer. Of course <laughs> barely played. He barely got the ball thrown to him. Okay, well, then why do we draft him that block. No. Because he's athletic as all get out, and he blocks better than anybody. And he can he's an athletic blocker. <laughs> he's an athletic you blocker. You can teach a kid to catch. You can't teach a kid to pat, to get pat run block like that. You can teach a kid You're to trying catch. To tell, you think- tell that to Kelvin Benjamin. He was a wide receiver. What's his name? CMC is athletic and can run block. Yeah. If we put somebody else in a running back, I mean. Hey, I mean, I'd rather spend a third overall pick on a guy that uh, can't catch, that already knows how to catch. I I really like how you're talking bad about a play you've never seen play. Hey, I mean, I I really like how you're talking about games. And I never heard of him. Yeah. Phil, I like how you're talking about this. I watched him play Clemson. I watched three or four. Anything about college football, Philip? What? You don't watch college football. Yeah, dude. He just told me he did. I mean, he just told me he, he did. He barely watches college football. Well, because I had to be in the postgame show with Ben. Casey, part of our job was covering college football. I mean, we're not covering yeah. the ACC, but – Yeah, precisely. I, mean, that's part I had to watch job. ECU play, and I was able to watch actual good teams play. Oh, come on now. This is the flagship station, ECU Pirates. Don't take it there. But look – Hey, so you're Casey. working all the games anyhow. 
Casey, you gotta work up your you gotta work you gotta walk back your Tommy Trimble love, man, because he's he's no, nothing. The problem is no. Here's the problem. Y'all hate him so much. Y'all make me. I don't think hate he, him. We I don't, don't hate, hate him. him. Y'all 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 my, think he is. Y'all think he is so bad. Y'all make me think he he's on the top point, top five ten league in tight end league. My point of content and my issue with with your whole Tommy Trimble love is he's not going to be a starter. He's not going to be a pass catching tight end. He never will be. He's Chris Manhurts. We had that guy. We had that I'm guy. Brown, he, you know he, he made no impact. He made absolutely no impact whatsoever. Chris Manhurts put throwing the football to him, and he played with Mitchell Meyer and Cole Commit. He also played with two okay, of you're best running backs in the league. Okay, you're talking. Why would you get him right the now. football? You're talking stuff I don't care about right now. Yeah, we're talking, talking why he doesn't get the ball. right here, right now. We're talking pro level. He's nothing more than a blocking tight end, and we that's had all that. you see from him because that's all you asked to do at Notre Dame because he played with he played with. Okay, well then, what's going to change? What makes you think he yeah, can catch? Yeah, what, what makes, makes you think, think he will yeah. be good? I we get that's all he's can, been asked to can, do, but there's been some I, reason. Can I answer your question? Can I answer your question? Okay. Yes. Athletic. Yeah, you answered it. No, 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 no. Notre Dame starting quarterback is Ian Book. They had okay. they had the best offensive line in football, and they had two of the ten best running backs in college football. Ian Book is not they a terrible the, quarterback. Ian Book sucks. No, he doesn't. He also no, he plays, doesn't. <laughs> Ian Book's terrible. That's why he's drafted in the sixth round. Yeah, he's terrible. Okay, okay, a quarterback was drafted. He's terrible. <laughs> I mean, what, what yeah, kind of argument yeah, is yeah, that? Yeah. I mean, Tim Tebow was the, one of the greatest college quarterbacks of all time. Doesn't make him a good NFL quarterback. He should have exactly. never been drafted in the first round. Yeah, he sucks. Ian Book's terrible. He sucks. You never watch, if you watch him play, you know he sucks. You're saying he sucks and he was drafted. Ian Book was okay. not a terrible quarterback. Ian Book, so I think, was like Ryan actually Lee was Ryan Lee was second. Ryan Leaf was second, second overall. He sucked. Okay, so you're we're saying not talking that, pro no. ball. We're ta- you're talking college, and we're talking college. We're not so talking you're talking talking me, Casey, if LeBron James, who is athletic as heck, would have been in the Notre Dame offense, you would have said, well, he could probably play tight end in the NFL because he played with Ian Book and all this great offensive lineman. Da, 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 da. LeBron you know, James is one great tight I like how I did not let you finish answering the question. You know? Okay, finish answering the question. Okay, and then let's talk about it. Last His sophomore year, he played with Cole Commit, who was so I'm pretty sure one of the tight end and one was first time in selection this year. Then this year, he played with another tight end who was drafted, and he also played with Mitchell Meyer, who is a true freshman, who is one of, who's going to be a first-round pick in two years. There's only so much ball to go around. And like I said, he can catch. He actually can't catch. You, you don't know if he can't catch on his target. It's not like he dropped the ball. He just wasn't throwing the ball. There's plenty of guys in college who weren't throwing the ball a lot, and they could still catch. You're hating on a guy you've never seen play. You're We're hating on hating a guy. After, yes, you are. No, no, yes, we're not. You are. No, you're hating on him. Yes, you're, you are. You're acting like he's the second coming of Jesus no, here. No, no, I'm not. A, I said, I said, he's a pass blocking tight end. Tight, I said he can be a solid tight end in this league. And y'all thinking he's that's not what you said. That's, that's not really what, he what said, I though. said. Tommy is a very is going to be a very good starter in this league. He'll be a top ten. Top no, 10. he's not. And y'all are making me because y'all hate him. Y'all are talking so bad about him. You're making me think. I think you're we're not talking bad, but we don't think he's bad. We yes, just don't think he's the tight end of the future. No, we are saying no, we he's think a he's a good. Listen, correct me if no, I'm wrong. You, man. Think, you, you think, think he, he, said, he can you said he can't catch? What you don't know? Listen, he could be a you solid second tight catch. end. Another Chris Mann. You said we can always teach him to catch. I said, I said, if he doesn't know how to catch, because he doesn't get the ball, but he doesn't drop the ball a lot. I never say he did drop the ball. I just said there's a reason. That he was not targeted a lot. Yes, because Ian Book's his freaking quarterback. 
Ian Book was highly regarded during the whole season. Ian Book was well, not like a said, terrible quarterback. Yes, he was. What I'm telling you, yes, Casey, he was. is your point. And you wouldn't have been drafted. Whole water, you wouldn't like have been said, drafted if that was the case. You could have had LeBron James at tight end at Notre Dame. You could still be making the same I don't think Ian Book's a good quarterback at the NFL level, which is irrelevant right now. You're talking college. He's terrible. A good college quarterback would be a good pro. He's not terrible at a college level. He's not good. He's not terrible. You're telling me that Tim Tebow is a terrible college quarterback because he didn't succeed in the NFL? As a passing, Tim Tebow's passing stats were atrocious. Tim Tebow's a terrible passing quarterback. No, he wasn't. Not at the college level. No, he wasn't. He, he barely completed passes. He's a two-time national champion. Was he like a two-time he could Heisman run winner? You. They also had the most talented team on the roster. He won one Heisman because he could run the ball through you. Oh, he won one Heisman. Big he one. couldn't pass. He could never pass. There's a reason he got cut on every team he played for. We're talking. Sucked. You're talking. We're talking about the college level college. because you're talking about the college level. We're not talking about the NFL right now, and which we should be talking about the NFL right now. And nothing, there's no indication based on college and based on what we've seen in training camp that Tommy Trimble is going to be some pass-catching tight end that's going to emerge and be tight end one. He's going to come in and be a pass-blocking tight end every once in a while like a Chris Manhurts. And I get it. You see more in the guy, but he's not going to be the second coming of Jesus. He's not going to be our I don't get how you're already a limiting guy you've never seen play. You're all, you already made Jeff. You think he's a tight end. I don't get why you're, you're, you're praising a guy like he's going to be the next big thing for a and guy you that's never even yet. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I actually have seen him play. I actually have watched Notre Dame play on like YouTube. So, hey. Well, I mean, if he was a four string tight end, then how did you see him play? Because <laughs> Notre Dame ran a lot of We're not saying he's going to be bad. We're just taking you. We're trying to take you off your high horse of, yeah. you know, like, then we're just trying to walk you, you back. I mean, to be fair, you are the two who think Sam Donald was a good trade. So I lost all, I lost all respect on your position oh, on, on acquiring players. So, I mean, hey, let's go with that. So. Well, Casey's anyway, butthurt right now. I know I'm right. You guys are going to be wrong. So, I mean, hey. Hey, you hopefully you are right. Hopefully you, you are make right. A bet? You want to make a bet? All right, guys. We are, no, we're not right making bets on the show. Come on, guys. We can't, on we can't argue the same argument for 20 minutes. People exactly. Yeah, listening. let's move on. Okay. Can we, we have not brought up it's the one guy in our tight end room yet, and that's Ian Thomas. Can we all agree that Ian Thomas is not the tight end one of the Carolina Panthers? Can we just move on? I think that's fair. I think that's fair. But uh, look, Matt Rule's been really spoke very highly of him, and like in the past, when Matt Rule spoke highly about guys, they see the field. We saw it with Mike Davis. We've seen it with a ton of other guys. So maybe this might be the year. Mike maybe Davis they'll give it another shot. If Run would have never got hurt, if Run CMC doesn't get hurt, Mike Davis would have never saw the field. Oh, well, he might have been a he might have filled in as a second solid rotational piece at running back when he normally probably would have been a practice squad guy, maybe been a fourth okay. string running back. But uh, yeah, he got in when we were up by 40, but uh, yeah. that never happened. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, maybe he's a guy that they'll give him a shot at tight end one. And if not, I mean, you got Dan Arnold. Maybe Casey's got Tommy Tribble get a shot. And hey, that would be encouraging. I don't see it, but that would be, that would be, that would be nice. Hey, that'd be good yeah. value for a third, a late third round pick. All right. So let's move on to the wide receivers now. <laughs> That was fun. <laughs> that was fun. All righty. So, as we all know, our, uh, our top two are DJ Moore, who Casey loves, rightfully so. The national media does not because they never give the Panthers the respect they deserve. They've done I think part you. of the problem with DJ Moore, before we get in, I think we should start with him, is DJ Moore does not have a base level, base level consistency. There's some games. Yeah. You, you look at a guy like DeAndre Hopkins and the truly – they're – Bad game is five yard five five or six touches for sixty yards. 
DJ yep. Moore's bad game is two receptions for 20 yards. DJ Moore this, has to have – He has also always played with a saw. I always – we just – we move the ball around so much, though. Yeah. He actually was the most no, – that you're right. That that's he was I mean. the most targeted receiver, but he still – and the, another problem with DJ Moore is um, he had he had seven drops last year, and he had nine – and we were, nine of his targets were picked off. So, I mean, you know, you can't drop – seven drops is a lot for a wide receiver one, and then nine of your passes – a target's getting picked off way too many. Yeah, most of those were also in the two-minute offense when he was throwing it. They're like four guys. Yeah. But, I mean, some of those, he has to get better positioning. Knowing DB beat him to turn into defender and stuff. That stuff he has to get better on. He also has to get a base, better baseline of consistency with his line, which obviously comes to court, comes down to quarterback play as well. It does. Anyways, right now the starters are listed as DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Second, we have David Moore, the guy who's cut at Seattle. Terrence Marshall Jr., um, who we drafted. Uh, and then third is Omar Bayless, and then Brandon Zelstra. Uh, I think Zelstra is more on there to be a punt returner than anything. Yeah, and he blocks. He's kind of like a blocking wide receiver. Yeah. The one thing he I knows. really like it about our receiver room, especially the three starters of Marshall Moore and Anderson, is there's a lot of versatility. They're able to move those guys all over. All three of them can play in the slot. All three of them can play in the boundary, which is going to be big. But one of the yeah. problems with the pass catchers, this is receivers or tight end, is who's going to step up and be a red zone threat. This is what I was yeah. Who's gonna be that jump ball guy? I red zone at the tight end, you know. I mean, I as think, much as I love this room compared to Devin Funches and Kelvin Benjamin, at least you know we got to the red zone, we had options here. The options are still limited outside of CMC handoff. I think that was partially the problem with DJ Moore kind of getting the acclaim he deserves on the national stage. Is that if you look at his numbers or if you're not paying attention, you would think of him nothing more as a possession receiver that gets the ball a lot because he doesn't have the touchdown numbers. And look, he's got a lot of receiving yards, and you would just think, oh, possession receiver. But that we know that's not the case when you watch the game. He's a big play guy. He can make big plays. It's just a matter of getting a quarterback for him and uh, being consistent, just having that consistency week to week. Like you said, I mean, DJ Moore is a guy that will go off for 100 receiving yards and a touchdown, and then the next week, maybe like 30 yards, 40 yards, and where's he at? I mean, he's not really he a factor. He hasn't got a catch. And there's some yeah. games he literally only gets yeah. two tar- he gets literally two targets in some games. And there's some games he gets like 20. And you're just like, yeah. turn down the 20 and bring up the two because it's a 10 to 12 targets a game. And I, I think part of that has to do with quarterback. And another huge fact, there's a, it's a crowded receiver room. I mean, it's it's more it's crowded than I would say maybe 75% of the league. 75% of the league does not have a wide receiver room like we have right now. You like, the, you like the receiver room that much? That we have? Yeah, no, I like it. I mean – we had three 1,000-yard receivers last year, Casey. You can't argue that. you got 2,000-yard receivers on the team right now. And then you got a very solid fill-in wide receiver three in David Moore. I mean, he's always good for about 600 yards, which is what you want at a wide receiver three position. I mean, I, I – think, I think Curtis Samuel's a bigger loss, too, making it out to be. I think I think his ability to stretch the field helped out guys like Robbie Anderson and yeah. DJ Moore in the possession, not in the intermediate. And I think, I think Curtis Samuel was – one of the most important receivers last year. No, to me, well, I'm, I'm losing with him. You. Losing him to me hurts the receiving room a lot more than people think, and that's why that's why that's why I'm more down on it than I was going I, into last season. I don't think it does that much. I get your point though. Curtis Samuel was very versatile, and you could do a lot more with them. I mean, it opens up the playbook a whole lot more. But uh, look, there's a lot of talent in that room. Still a lot I, of talent in that room. And I think he lost Samuel him. was not your guy. He was not I, your guy. And I, I think he lost the second best receiver on the team. I thought he was better than Robbie Anderson personally. And I'm oh, yeah, for sure. My biggest complaint moving forward really is, like it was kind of brought up a second ago, who is going to be that red zone guy? 
you know, we have two guys right now. They're listed at six foot three, and both of and one is uh, Robbie Anderson, who is That's a twenty seventy five. The other one is Verntel Bryant, is six three one ninety eight. Obviously, this is a guy that if he makes a team, it's probably gonna be the practice squad, and uh, obviously, probably not a red zone threat. Still not a big guy, so. That's the biggest thing. It's like, who is our go-to guy? You can't just run CMC up the middle every time we get inside the 20. But the guy I want to talk about with them, you know, the guy you were you you like in South Carolina drafted. We probably covered with Shee Smith, Shy Smith. Then uh, is, is he worth is he worth talking about? You you're the <laughs> you were the one saying you wanted to talk about him a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I yeah, because he was a draft pick we kind of forgot about. Look, I'm not gonna see here and let like I've followed Shee Smith. I don't I, I don't even know if I said his name right right then. Um I expect him nothing more than to be just a rotational piece, guy that comes in every once in a while, maybe at the slot. Um, who knows? Maybe he'll be a breakout guy, but yeah, I mean, whatever. He's a six round pick. He's a six round pick. I, I, you see, you see the top three of Marshall, Anderson, and um, more. But who's going to DJ Moore? Obviously, who's going to step up and be the guy to get come up and give those guys a breather? Is it going to be David Moore? Is it going to be Zelstra? Shy Smith, maybe. Who's it going to be? Because after the top three, there's a huge drop off. And I'll say this, yeah. you're talking David Moore being a backup. I think you're in a really good spot if you have David Moore as a backup. I mean, I got to yeah, be Yeah, I hope he is the rotation piece because like Casey or somebody said, I can't remember, Zelstra does very good at what he needs to do, and that is blocking. Yep. I love when we run like an off tackle and they put him kind of one by one off the tackle instead of having a tight end and uh, using the blocking. But I, like I said, that's all he's – it's going to be what he's good for. So I really hope David Moore is that guy that steps up. Because next on the depth charts, Omar Bayless, and then we're just looking at a cluster of guys after that. All right, and now we will move to the backfield. Um, first, we'll do running back slash fullback, and then obviously to the quarterback room. So, running back, uh, arguably the best active running back in the NFL, and Christian McCaffrey, a guy I was very high on when we drafted him. I know a lot of people weren't, but uh, I was high on this guy, and I do not believe. You should ever pay running backs because they are a dime a dozen. But I have an exception for this guy because he is something special. So you're okay with that CMC contract? Yeah. So if you got if you got a way to get out of it, would you get out of it? Depends on who, uh, what we're getting from it. I mean, if you're getting, you know, a franchise quarterback and a left they're tackle getting, or something, you know, look at, but, look at but Phil with that smug chill look on his actually, face. Uh, Say a top ten pick. A first round pick, mid, mid sixteen and up, top half of the first round. Would you do it? So I mean, I'd give us I'd trade him for a bottom half of the first round pick to get out of that contract and some obviously something else. But players pick, are I, like stocks; you never know what they're going to do. This guy's a sure thing. I hate and you know it's good to have draft picks, but uh, you never know with rookies. There's busts every year. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but a running back, a running back doesn't regress; they fall off a cliff. And once injuries happen, obviously I hope I'm wrong. CMC is a great; he's the best running back in football when healthy. By the end of the day, you know you paid a running back twenty million dollars. Yeah, and we saw Mike Davis had a thousand combined all-purpose yards, and you know by that offensive line. Yeah, we so, saw McCaffrey go for a thousand and a thousand. Yeah, and I, I mean, mean let's that was to his detriment. Let's be honest. Let's not add like he was the contract that's killing us right now. I mean, we have a lot of dead cap contracts that are really killing us right now. And Shaq Thompson, I would argue, is arguably a worse contract. So. They're the two worst. It's not even. Million to take yeah. two gloves to play for the Broncos. Yeah. They yeah. Still have the the Cammy, the Keekley dead cap still on there too. I'm yeah, sure. Keekley's still a dead cap. Which you can't you can't complain too much about that. I mean, the guy retired due to injury, but 
they're still I think, like I, I think Campbell's a year dead capper. But I like think, we, I think the dead cap's gonna shift for two years. I, we're talking guys like Stephen Weatherly are like five million dollars in dead cap right now, or seven million dollars in dead cap. So it's just I just don't believe in paying running backs. I mean, no, I, I mean that's fair. No. But look, if you're gonna pay a running back. At least you're paying the very best in the game. I think if anyone wants to argue that he's not the best in the game, I think you're insane, mainly because of his pass-catching ability out of the backfield. I think he showed he could be a great blocker out of the backfield. If someone wants the best, someone say he's not the best pure runner in the game, then I'll, I'll, I'll agree with this. But I think yeah, when, yeah, you that's com- fair. when you combine all the attributes that he does, because his pass blocking is good, yep. you know, Derrick Henry doesn't provide anything outside of running the ball downhill. He literally yep. can't pass. He can't pass block. He can't catch, you know. Yeah. I mean, Nick Chubb's to me is number two, and he's and he's he's close because he can yeah. catch, he can block, and he can run. He's a better pure runner, but seems he's a better pure pass. Catcher. But Chubb over so one. All I'm yeah, saying is Chubb Chubb's way better. My personal opinion. So all I'm gonna say is is look, if you're gonna pay a running back that kind of money, at least you're paying a running back who is an All Pro at two different positions. So, so one thing we gotta ask is what? So two part question: What do you think the percentage of snaps he plays is? And what would you play him? What percentage of snaps would you play him? I um, think he's going to play 95% of snaps. I agree. I think, I think he should be around 95%. I think he should play between 85 and 90%. Really? I'm, I'm, I'm lower than that on what he should play. Yeah, I, I was saying like 70. I'm around 72. Yeah. You pay it because you, if you if you play eighty five, you're not getting you're not getting much value out of that contract, and you yeah. and you have to keep that contract. The problem is if you look at the guys behind them, you know the running backs behind them is Cannon and Bonifan. Yeah, Cannon Cannon's a career three yards per carry running back. That's not good. And Bonifan is at five point eight, but I thought maybe he had like that forty five yard touchdown run, which really screwed skewed his numbers. Yeah. I remember uh, that. Yeah, I, literally, are... I literally put 5.8 yards per carry, but had that one huge run to skew numbers. Hey, like, Casey, you're yeah. leaving out your favorite guy that we drafted, uh, Chuba Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard's terrible. He will not be anything uh, in this league. Chuba so Hubbard, that, I think, that, I think does two. need to actually be our debate. He Who can't is going to be the second back, and how much cut. are we actually going to utilize the second back? It'll, it'll be Chuba Hubbard because Bonifant and Ken are terrible, and I think Hubbard is better than them, but shows you how bad our running back room is after CMC. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to act like Hubert's, Hubert's going to be our uh, – or Hubbard is going to be our, like, running back of the future or anything. But I think he could be a very valuable, solid number two piece that can come in if they – it's just a matter of more so if they're going to allow – if they're going to rotate McCaffrey, if they're going to take him out, if they're going to let some other guys get some snaps. I don't think they're going to do it. But uh, I think he could be a very valuable number two solid rotational piece if they do. Um, I don't think he. I don't think he can be the Robin to CMC's Batman. I don't think he can. I, I don't. I think he can. I mean, he's got the talent. He's talented. He's athletic. I mean, you're one, talking. He was a one-year wonder. You're, ta- you're talking about a guy that was a Heisman candidate, and then you talk about he, he fell off last year. He still had a very good year last year. He was not but this is all college. I get it. It's all college. It's irrelevant now. But I think he's athletic. I think he kind of can complement McCaffrey well because he can be a power back. He can be. He can. He can run up straight up the middle and kind of do the stuff Mike Davis used to do. And even though we're near as big as Mike Davis, it's a problem. Yeah. No. No. I'm not. I'm just saying. He's not he running can, over you. He can make those power plays. He can do it. Um. He's not going to give you like five yards of carry or anything like that. But he can get you. He can put him in at third down or something like that and get you a big first or something. I mean, he could be a solid, valuable, rotational second 
string running back. Well, I'm a second I, you know, I have back. a bad feeling like in a way. It's not like second string offensive linemen. They're they're going to see the field a lot, or they should see the field a lot. And I think, yeah, I think I think he, I think it's going to be a detriment when he's on the field because he has no pass catching ability, which really limits him in to run plays. And obviously, he's not he's not that good of a blocker. You know, he's well. He's I don't think they're going to ask him. I don't think they're going to ask him to uh, catch the ball or, or like. But yeah, if C, but if CMC gets tackled for a loss two straight plays, he's going to be out of gas. You're going to have to bring someone on third and long. They'll thin. Unless you're going to unless you are, you're not, you're going to run, not going to run the same problem with CMC. He's going to get hurt. Hey, here's two. who I think might actually play, just because it seems like we're building the Jets 2.0. I have this bad feeling that they're going to like play Trenton Cannon too much. Like they're going to play McCaffrey too much, and when they do take him out, they're going to put Trenton Cannon in. Because if you look at this roster with Fline, Darnold, Anderson, like it looks like we're just building an old version of the New York Jets. And this, um, what was it? The seven and eight. The seven and eight New York Jets, or what was yeah, this? yeah, in twenty nineteen, yeah. two and fourteen. So, are talking about? Hey, that'd be a step up. Looks like but no, I, I, I'm with Ben. I think Hubbard's probably our best option after you know McCaffrey. Rodney Smith is on there. He's been there a couple years now. Not great. Who knows? Not really but, great. Yeah, it's like when he's played, he's played okay, but it's such a small sample size. You know, I don't know. I, I, I'm excited for the preseason this year when it comes to running backs to see who will hey, emerge. This I like watching Bonifan run the ball. Yeah, Bonifan's yeah. not – he's not bad. It's just like – it's like limited – it's yeah. kind of a little bit I really of like limited it. sample I like, size. I definitely got the ball. I thought, obviously, I don't, I'm, very small sample size he had. doesn't have many touches, but I, I, I was a fan of him when he got the ball. My thing with Bonifan is I don't like his size. I think he's a little bit too small. Yeah. He doesn't. The problem yeah, is, I agree. However, he, you know, when he, two years ago when he played in the preseason, it wasn't bad. I know it's preseason; you're not playing with the same O line and same defense. But yeah. yeah, I've never been against Bonifon. Yeah, and you know he's not getting huge money. I mean, why not? But um, I think the huge concern of Hubbard and kind of the huge elephant in the room when it comes to him is the locker room stuff. I mean, he can be a locker room issue. I mean, they did a whole documentary, not specifically about it but showcased it in ESPN when he was at Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. They did that little documentary, and that – I mean, that came basically on the front lines out for everybody to see that this guy is kind of an issue. He's a little bit of a character. He's a little bit of a drama queen. And uh, that's not good, especially when you're rebuilding. I mean, you want to build a good locker room. You want to build a good culture. You want to build great chemistry. And uh, I get I get Casey's concerns um, more so off the field than more so on the field. I think he's talented on the field. But uh, is it worth dealing with the off-the-field locker room cancerous type stuff for a second-string running back? Is it no. worth? I don't think so. No. Yeah. They tried it with they tried it with Eli Apple. He got cut. And I yeah. think you guys talk about the culture. You know, you guys criticized him for getting hold of Braylon Temple guys. So that was partly to establish the culture that Matt Rule wanted to establish. Yeah. They were all pretty much backups, but they all came in with that culture bonding that he wanted to build. So that's why I never had a problem with it because they were backups. And let's yeah. be fair, Bobby Ederson was a guy that was labeled the same way, and he's never been an issue here so far. Yeah, but the difference he's is – embraced it. difference is Chubb – Robbie Anderson never tried to get his coach fired. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah Robbie and Anderson every, not he's had every a, reason to. Not, yeah, not Hunter definitely pulled a uh, Dwight Howard with Stan Van Gundy and a Colin Kaepernick with Jim Harbaugh. Not, yeah. not, not just a coach. A leg a, alumni who was one of the best quarterbacks to play for them and the greatest coach of all time. 
That not just like some just newbie who was terrible, their greatest coach of all time. Because he wore a shirt for a news he wore network. OAN, an OAN Republican right yeah. right wing. So he shirt. disagreed with them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. come on. Like, Let people yeah. believe the way they want to believe. Like that's dumb. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't think it was a provocative statement by the coach to wear that shirt. I don't think he meant anything by it, which is like, come on, dude. We don't need any more drama. We don't need a drama queen in the locker room, especially a guy that's going to be a backup. And when we're trying to rebuild a team and build a culture, I mean, that can, yeah. can his ego take not getting the ball more than what five and, times maximum a game? Probably. And I think along with the drop off in college, uh, more so than anything, that was mainly why he dropped in the draft was the locker room issues, the uh, the, the chemistry, uh, the culture concerns, chemistry culture concerns. It's not a guy you want to bring into your locker room with those kind of red flags. So I think that's yeah, exactly. all for running backs. Yep. Move on to quarterback. Move on to the quarterback room. Well, real quick, real quick. Uh, does anybody know anything about this fullback, Mason Stoke? Never heard nope. of him. I don't. Nope. He was undrafted guy, right? Wisconsin. Yep. 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 So probably a solid, hey, probably a solid run blocker. Probably a solid yep. run blocker. Yep. Hopefully we utilize him a little bit. The quarterback yep. room, you know, a lot of question which, marks. Ask which they've shown they will. They'll use the fullback from time to time. I mean, they used Arma, I thought, almost too much in that situation. Alex Arma really was didn't. terrible. Yeah, I didn't like Arma. We did we use him on like honest. a if you don't get used check, situation in the red zone and he he kind of got stuffed. That. I don't think he got a yard. Yeah. I didn't need a yard. He got stuffed every time. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of Arma. So maybe Mason Stokes would be a step up or maybe be serviceable at that position. It's the fullback, so not We're a huge on. deal. Going on to the quarterback room, a lot of questions at starter and at backup. It's a room full of question marks. I think we should start with the backups because, you know, we talked about Sam Donald. Obviously, we re-get into Sam Donald. I think we should probably take a different approach with Sam Donald and go with how we think what he needs to do to get back to actually improve. Because you can't say that he was terrible with the Jets. No matter what you thought of him now, he was terrible with the Jets. You can't deny that opinion. But – um. So we'll start with Sam Donald. What do you think he needs to do to improve? I got a couple of things. First thing he needs to do is he needs to be able to establish pressure. He needs to understand pressure better. Because when he got pre- he got pressured in the pocket, he was not good. And I get Jets offensive line terrible. We just I think if you listen to the podcast, we're not high on the Panthers offensive line either. So he has to be able to recognize pressure better because he was terrible at it. And he also has to be better in a clean pocket because another thing, even when he had a clean pocket, he wasn't good last year. So yeah. those are to me the two things he needs to improve on mostly. And obviously besides knocking down turnovers. I think a little bit of an underrated aspect about Darnold. And I think I uh, listened back to episode one. I think you mentioned he had great footwork. Well, I saw some tape recently. Oh, yeah. and I, he has terrible footwork. No, nah, I went back and watched some tape. He actually has really good footwork. Um, he can create a lot of torque based off his feet and make some plays or make some throws that – most quarterbacks one, wouldn't be able to make just based on his footwork alone. There's one thing I want to I want to ask you, Ben, before you get in. Mm-hmm. It, I, I was in episode one. You said I didn't like Donald coming out of college. Yeah. So, what in the world after what you've seen with the Jets makes you go, yeah, I like him now? I'm genuinely curious because I've stayed constant. I don't like Donald through college and through the first. So, what made you change your mind? I, okay. You know, well, I'll ask you this: Did the Jets ever play to his strengths? No, 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 my, my genuine, no, 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 wait, my genuine question, you said you did not like him coming out of college. I didn't, I didn't like, Philip so, said yeah, it too. So, yeah, 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 we all said it, but like, what changed your mind, why do you like him now? I think there were things that you could take 
from that Jets kind of tenure. And look, I I, I kind of got to give the guy a chance to like the guy because he's the quarterback of my team right now. I'm willing to give him a chance, and I'm willing to take the good from the bad. But I think there's definitely some teams and some moments or some plays or some moments from that tenure with the Jets that you could take from and see, okay, this guy's got potential or this guy is talented. A lot I mean, of it's Marcus just Russell he's... made plays. Doesn't mean he was already talented or good. I mean, plenty of players make plays. Well, you know, I think with you don't you, suck twenty four seven. You're you compared twenty four seven. You're compared two different situations there. Jamarcus Russell was a guy that wouldn't even watch tape and I mean, couldn't yeah. get his weight I'm under just, control. But I'm just saying, you I, just say like not everyone. Let the man finish, Casey. Vince yeah. key, every time he tries to make his point, you don't even let him finish where you cut <laughs> off. Quit being a jerk. Go yeah. then. Let's mute look, you, Casey. Look and uh, look. I even said it in episode one. He's not a guy that's going to make like these huge athletic plays. I I see him. I can see him being just more of just a competent pocket passer. At this point, that you could you'll take that in this league. A competent pocket passer, you can win with them. You've seen it with Ryan Tannehill. You've seen it with I don't know, like an Alex Smith or something like that. You can win with those guys. And I could definitely see where he can evolve into a competent pass pocket passer, mainly because of his footwork. Maybe because he's very accurate. He can be accurate. I know. Well, you're looking at picks and saying he's not accurate, which is not fair. It's kind of like what we said before, looking at defensive ends and sacks or looking at linebackers and tackles. It's not a really of a fair assessment to judge a, a linebacker or, or defensive end, especially on that Jets team. He is he, he, he's accurate. He's got a big arm. He's got great footwork. I think – he does have the IQ, and I think he could be a competent pocket passer in this league, and nothing more. I don't see him being an all-pro guy. I don't see him making more than a pro bowl or two, or if that, look, I, I, I'm not going to bash Darn. He was put in a bad situation. The media was hammering on him. Um, he did play with some talented guys, but they were few and far between, and he didn't even get a left tackle until his final year there. So – I'm just willing to give the guy a chance. I've seen some things that I've liked. I've seen some bright spots, and I think we could play to his strengths, especially with the talent we got on this team. So to answer Casey's original question, what he needs to do to improve, yeah, I would definitely say that um, how he responds to pressure. I would, I would build off that. He um, Now, hopefully, we already talked to our offensive line in a great, but like Ben said, he only really had one good year with a, a left tackle. Um Obviously, he did have that one year where, as a starter, I believe he was like seven and six. It was here he's battling mono early in the season. But yeah, it's it's going to have to be realizing that pressure is coming when you do work on flushing and keeping his eyes down the field because sometimes he does get happy feet. Or a lot of those picks come from when he's under pressure. So I think when he does have, you know, a decently clean pocket, a lot of the picks weren't coming from that. Which I know that most quarterbacks throw them under under duress. I get that, but. Still, it seemed like he would freak out, doesn't know sometimes when to take a sack. So he can learn how to respond better to the pressure. Um, and, you know, what's going to not have him do that is if there's a different offensive lineman every week. I know he already kind of hit on this, but going to have to hopefully have the same five guys by the about week three to establish who our offensive line is and um, learn how to utilize all of our receivers, um, which is something that, you know, we've always kind of pride ourselves on. We've always had different guys – Really, I mean, our last true number one receiver when he was miles ahead of everybody else was, was Smitty back in the day. So, um, I guess we'll maybe Olsen there for a while. But, 
Um, I definitely think, like we said, there's potential for him to be an eh quarterback, you know, enough. You can win with him. Why are y'all okay with the ant quarterback? I'm not. You, you, yeah, you I'm, both sound like you're okay with the ant quarterback. You, like, he has shown nothing that he can be a competent pocket passer in this league. He hasn't shown it. No, yeah, I, he think he's, I think he's definitely – he definitely no, has. he hasn't. He was no, the worst quarterback has. in the NFL last year. Statistic. He lost his job with Joe Flacco. He no, hasn't he didn't, shown he it. didn't lose his job no, with he, Joe he, Flacco. He, was, he, was he got hurt. Last, no, no, no. He, he was healthy. He got benched for Joe Flacco last year, and then they brought him back. He got okay. benched. Either way, you're, you're just – you're. This, this is what's driving me nuts about this whole thing. You act like he hasn't played on the worst team that has ever existed They've never picked once. League. You're right. They've, you're right. They're not. They yeah. haven't picked once. They haven't picked first once. They picked third, 11th, and first, and they replaced them in second, and they replaced and, them. And I, look, I'll go back to a little bit of Panthers history here. What was Jake DeLone? Jake DeLone's terrible. This Jake, DeLone, the Jake DeLone was not terrible. He was There's an okay quarterback. The, There's a reason we, he made show, Super we showed we can win with him. He got yeah, to the Super Bowl. Perfect roster around he could, him. Yeah, look, he got to the Super Bowl and played really well in the Super Bowl. He actually played better than Tom Brady did. So, I mean, look, look, we've even seen in this day and age, you can win with an okay quarterback. It's about getting the personnel. It's about getting the talent. The Jets didn't do that. And this guy, he has shown that he can be cap- capable in the pocket. He can be a so, capable pocket passer. People had even gone, Jets fans, Jets, a Jets website even went, he's not good in a clean pocket. So here's the case. But to answer your question earlier about why are we okay with an eh quarterback, here's the thing. No, no. I want that yeah. franchise guy. However, right now, I would rather have a okay guy that keeps us in quarterback purgatory for a little bit than just sitting there and being stuck like some teams historically have been where they are just like four to six win teams every single year. I'd rather get a playoff appearance here and there. But, yes, eventually, yes, it would be nice to draft and find that guy. However, that guy is hard to come by in this league. There are only so many that guys available. There are not 32 that guys right now. There are like seven or eight really, really good quarterbacks, and that's all there ever will be at a given time in the NFL. Quarterbacks loaded right now. There's a lot of good, really good quarterbacks in this league. This is the most talented time quarterback who's ever been in the league. Yeah, well, guess what? Somebody's going to go out there and not win games. Yeah. Bottom line is we think yeah. guys are Dan good. Arnold does not there win are football. some yeah. guys that we think are good. It doesn't mean their teams are going to win. Yeah. Well, and let's We had that with it. Teddy I mean, Bridgewater. Same dog is not, not an upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater. And let's exact face same it, quarterback. the answer is not always in the draft. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. I mean, more first-round quarterbacks fail than they do succeed. Sam Donald's a failure. I don't see what you're not – you can't say he's not a failure. I don't have the records in front of me because it was a talking point for episode one. But when we talk about Jim Plunkett and how bad he was before Kate going Manning. in New England, before he went to the Raiders and won two just, Super Bowls, how bad one Steve Young was. Yeah, he, he was terrible. He went to Dallas or San Francisco. He sat behind Joe Montana. Joe, Sam Donald's being given the keys to the given the keys to the city. Okay, that's what they did to Jim Plunkett two, two Super Bowl rings later. Oh, hey, wow. Tannehill, I mean, Tannehill kind of came from the same similar situation. Tannehill was never as bad as Sam Donald is. He was never nowhere near as Tannehill bad as was pretty Donald. bad. He did he have a, a good year or two, kind of like Darnold. Yeah, Darnold were, had they, a solid was, year. Yeah, but Sam Donald was good. 2019, he had a solid year. 
Okay, we're gonna listen. No, no one is gonna convince anybody. We're already like banging yeah. on our longest episode by far. So yeah. let's talk about how we feel about the backups because yeah. we it's can agree that there are a lot yeah. of teams out there that have solid backups, and I do not think we are one of those teams. Will Greer's yeah. here because he is a charlatan, and that is about it. I think. Yeah, we I traded mean, up to get him for God knows what flipping reason. Taking a shot, and, uh, we're probably gonna hold on to him forever, like we did to Brenton Burson. Of course, we don't have uh, Jerry Richardson to do that anymore, but still. Well, with the whole Will Greer situation, I think there's no argument. That was one of the worst worst trade decisions in recent memories, uh, arguably with Greg Little. I mean, that was one of the worst. And now, since you traded up to get him, and what was it like the third round? Now you're paying yeah. him more money than you normally would. He would have been a fifth rounder. So now you're paying him a lot more money than you should be paying him for a third-string quarterback. And uh, let's face it, he's played some games, and he's shown nothing. Like, there's not been any, like, semblance of any kind of competent anything out of this guy. I mean, he's just been terrible, absolutely terrible. And he's had starts. I mean, he's played in the preseason, too. He was terrible in the preseason. So, I mean, I'm not on the Will Greer train. Um, Will Greer, that's a guy you would think, would be out of here in a year or two, and he needs to be out of here in a year or two. I mean, what else can you say? Will Greer, yikes. Casey, you got anything to add? A whole quarterback and sucks, so that's all I'm going to I like, I like P.J. Walker. P.J. did show some promising stuff in the XFL. Yeah. He played good in, against the Lions. I still do not think I, – I would rather have a quarterback – that's got at least some in-game experience since college, which he does, which is nice. However, I think there's – it would be nice to have a solid backup. I, I don't think we have – I was out, I was out on P.J. Walker. Then. Like right now, I would take Matt Schaub, who's supposedly retiring. Um, I know he left Atlanta finally. He had been there the last, like, decade, it seems like. I would probably take Matt Schaub over these two guys. Phillip, to be. You, uh, you hit the nail on the head there. I think what this uh, this quarterback room is desperately lacking is a vet. Just a, a veteran backup, like a Matt Schaub or even a Josh McCown. A Josh McCown would be nice to have just in that room, just in terms of bringing a guy up or uh, just working with a guy, you know, encouraging a guy, showing them the ropes, holding the, the clipboard. Didn't help out. What's yeah, what that? about like what about like Matt Barkley? I mean, he's thirty-one. Yeah, I mean, that's I really think you can keep PJ Walker, keep him a third string. Bring a veteran quarterback like a Matt Barkley or a Josh McCown or a Matt, a Matt Schwab, and then you got Sam Darnold as your starter, and then you're talking about a pretty solid quarterback room. But right now, it's like it, there's, it's kind of really questionable. A lot of uh, RG three is a free agent. I'd take him as a veteran leadership, and he hasn't played a lot because of his injury. I still think he knows what it takes. He can mentor. Yeah, he's got to get head on his shoulders. I think that's I what's desperately needed. Way. I was out on P.J. Walker the moment he threw a pick right at someone in the end zone. Literally, right, he threw it right to the DB in the end zone. Well, like, yeah, P.J. Walker's kind of like a rookie. Like, he's – I mean, that was, what, his first start? I don't that, – that's no that, – that, that, that's, that's not a rookie. That's an and pick. from what we hear, I mean, they didn't really practice the red zone. So, I mean yeah. – It don't matter. Yeah. He, he, threw two goals. he literally threw the ball right at the DB. So, there's no, I don't care about that. Yeah. That's not practice. Either not way, practice. Casey, we're talking about a backup. Yeah. He I'm just played saying, well for a backup. He got the win. He got the job done. So I'm not Still, gonna, I, I, we, I miss Derek Anderson, man. That is a backup yeah, quarterback right Derek there. Anderson. The guy you play a million dollars a year who's been to a Pro Bowl, who is 
competent sitting behind an all pro and uh, coming in there, winning you about two games a year when your all pro gets a car accident or whatever <laughs> else happened to Cam that year. Yeah. Well, Derek Anderson, didn't he lead the Browns to like a 10 and six record when he was a starter? Yeah. Let him, let so, him yeah. The playoff and, the, and he went to the Pro Bowl. Yeah. No, they didn't make the playoffs that year. They got snubbed. Yeah. Uh, Braylon Edwards. They hadn't been in the playoffs since 02 until last year. Oh, yeah. That's right. And that was, so, yeah. uh, I don't remember that quarterback, wasn't When it comes to the quarterback room, uh, obviously there's a lot of questions around the starter. Everyone, I don't know if they're divided, but there's a lot of people that have a lot of varying opinions on Sam Darnold. I, okay. Um, I feel like there's the I feel like based on his there's based on his expectations on what he did with the Jets, there's two camps Sam Donald. You're either you're the hopeful or you're which I put pipe up Ben in, the hopeful. Yeah, I mean I'm not expecting him to be an all pro or anything. And then you got the and then you got me who's sort of just like he's not good and you got the camp and that's that's probably the two camps. There's really no middle ground. There's probably just you're either hopeful or you're he's terrible. Look, so you're man, optimistic man. or pessimistic, and uh, Ben and I, don't I are think, optimistic. I don't in think case, any, I don't think anyone's just, uh, eh, you know, on like you know, just yeah. eh, on them. I don't think that. I'll throw you a bone. Look, I didn't like the signing at first. Much like with Teddy Bridgewater, I didn't like the signing at first. But I look at the alternatives and the reporting that was out there. It was talking about. I mean, we were looking at that caliber kind of quarterback. I mean, I don't know if y'all saw. We were looking at getting Mitch Trubisky. We were never looking at getting an upper echelon Mitch guy. Shown so. more, Mitch has shown more than Darnold has. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mitch oh, I think I think that's a, I think Mitch would be a Mitch, Mitch would have been a cheaper flyer than Sam Darnold if you want to go for the flyer quarterback, bottom bottom five starting quarterback from what they were statistically. Mitch would have been a cheaper flyer, and he would have well, been on a one year deal. Mitch is definitely more athletic, but I don't think he's a better passer than Sam Darnold. The numbers are pretty much the same. They're both not good statistically. I mean, that's, right. that's that. So, I mean, hey, MVP, MVP, Pro Bowl. Hey, man, I will not take Mitchell Trubisky slander. <laughs> no, Mitch Trubisky is fun. I think like he's I really, about Sam Darwin. He's fun. I think he's going to be a really good backup for the Buffalo Bills this year. So, I kind of – when that signing happened, I kind of thought about the expectations going. And I was like, well, I didn't really have much high expectations when it came to getting a quarterback or free agency anyways. And uh, I think both of those guys could be soluble solid, capable pocket passers in this league uh, with the right team. So, it is what it is. I'm willing to run to Sam Darnold. I'm willing to give him a shot, see what he has. Optimistic. And uh, optimistic. looking – but the main thing with the quarterback room that really kind of hinders it is the uh, the backups. Backups mainly and specifically Will Greer. I think you can easily replace Will Greer for a veteran quarterback, and that, that quarterback room improves significantly. Career has what one year left on his deal? He drafted three years ago. Yeah, and he I just mean, have a great deal because he was a third rounder. So yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, you don't want to cut him. Dirt cheap, so yeah. you just ride with him for the rest yeah. of the year. Yeah, but you don't want to cape. You don't want to take like a million dollar cap hit to cut yeah. Will Greer because I mean you're not playing him in. You know, you're not just playing him, him anyways. Your third rounder, him, you know. Yeah, just let him ride this. Rest yeah, of the year. let him go. Yeah. All righty, guys. That was good conversation. We got into it. Which it was is a good. roller coaster of emotions. It was. And I want to bring up that Panther confidential thing. You want to say that for next week because well, we're already on. We've gone through three Zoom meetings here, so we'll, that'll give us something to talk about next week. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. There's a lot to talk about on that. Yeah. There is. Yeah. All righty, guys. Well, for Ben Byram and Casey Rainieri, I'm Philip Pilkington. Thank you guys for tuning in to episode three of On the Prowl. Look forward to seeing you guys next week. There we go.